it is totally expensive to to try to come up with all these things to complain about when like yeah. the sun is shining yes. and there's a roof over my head yes. and I got water and I got food and I and there you know yeah but, yeah it's it's hard people think it's hard to look that way at life yeah yeah we well we've been become so ingrained on looking for what to flee from uh, yeah yes, yes. it's yes. true and yeah. i don't think people see it that way they don't see that they're you know in constant defense right, right? yeah no they don't they no. don't it's no. just normal it's, yeah it is normal <laughs> and it's been that normal for so long that we don't know it anymore as not normal right. yeah yeah. It's, it's invisible at that point. I actually yeah. just reposted one of my favorite little bits of writing that mm -hmm. I've done. It's called, um, if we want an end to war, someone has to stop fighting. Uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> the name of it. And it's like, that's a little bit of a head scratcher, you know, you, you to try right. to fight for peace is yeah. just very curious, yes. you know? It sounds like it, it's so incongruent, doesn't it? Well, just because it is, you know, I mean, we don't have to judge it. We're just calling it out a little bit, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and it, in there, I, it talks a little bit about that, how, um, you know, fighting, people say fighting is normal. I don't know how many, pe how many people have said to me, well, Carrie, you have to judge. Carrie, people are going to fight. Like, okay, I get that as if it's normal but it's it's not actually normal it's more that it's common mm -hmm. oh but right things, yeah but yeah. things that are common are not necessarily normal normal <laughs> true that <laughs> yeah. it just kind of depends which little lens you're willing to look through right? right yeah 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 interesting yeah yeah i like that difference is common and normal yeah like yeah. It, it starts to reorganize how you see things mm -hmm. when you like Common isn't better or worse than normal. They're just two different different things. Events. Yeah. And so, yeah. Like, hmm. Yeah. What if we let ourselves like explore that? And yeah. who am I when those things are different? You know? Yeah. 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 I'm a nerd. Yeah. I I love it. This is just this is life. <laughs> <laughs> I get I get a kick out of you calling it being a nerd. <laughs> Because I never really thought about myself as a nerd, but then we talked and I went, okay, I am kind of a nerd. <laughs> you know, and you know everything about it and you try to tell it to people who don't know anything about it and they're like, Ooh. You're a nerd. You're a nerd. <laughs> See, I, it, that term has just so much affection. It does. <laughs> because it's, it just, to me, it just means you're so geek. You see geek, right? You're so geeked out on what you love and what you're passionate about and what just consumes you you know so yes. it's a total term of endearment as far as yeah. i'm concerned yeah 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 oh and that's totally how i took it yeah. and it's funny i was telling my husband that um what the first time i was called that i was called charismatic or that i had charisma i was like oh i don't want to have charisma I totally took it as a negative comment. And then when I learned what it was about, I went, oh, I guess I do have charisma. <laughs> You're like, oh, well, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Don't put that negative label on me. <laughs> that's so funny. Yeah. We're yeah. such funny creatures. We're funny creatures. 
And if we could, if we could be okay with that, we'd be better. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. Exactly. Just saying. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is the whole, the whole, like the whole journey. Like, why do we go put ourselves next to horses in the first place? Right. Mm -hmm. It's to feel whole, to feel yeah. yourself. Yeah. But you know, I had to look at this a, a thousand times in a thousand different ways because every time I went to stand next to horses, I was still a human. And it, it just confused me and it pissed me off and it was just weird. <laughs> and so, so at some point I had to just go, okay, I got to come to terms with this whole human thing. Yeah. Which is what they were guiding me toward the whole way, you know? Yeah. And they, yeah. I got, that's why I got kicked out of the nest for a while is just yeah. go, go be, you know, among humans yeah. for a while. And yeah. figure it out. <laughs> and, 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 you know, lo and behold, I get to play ponies again, right? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. It is amazing. It is amazing. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, I think about, um, you know, we were talking about fighting. Um, if we're looking at wild horses in the wild and their, you know, their three m m responses to safety or the lack thereof is to flee to fight or to freeze. And, and flight is always their first choice. And if they have to fight, it's, it's done very quickly and it's moved on from very quickly. It doesn't linger and, and uh, create more anger or more problem for the horse. They're just like, yeah, that was a long time ago. <laughs> I was done with that when I finished it. Yeah. Right. So even, even when boys, go after it you know if they're you know vying for a position or asserting themselves or exploring themselves i know in other species in you know among deer or um you know uh, elk or whatever sometimes the boys it carries on for hours and hours but stallions are not quite that way are they mm -mm, i don't think so um sometimes there might be a, a situation where, the, where there's a mare's in full heat after she's given birth and so the stallions dog her and dog the other stallion until they either get tired and one gives up or they move on but it doesn't take it doesn't take a long time right. um and when you see them play boys on just playing with boys it's so they can get tough and they can win the mare's affection because they're they provide safety for them and it doesn't take a whole lot of energy horses they need to conserve energy for true emergencies and so if the stallions are going with each other like that, they don't have the energy for the mountain lion that rocks into the pasture as soon as they're done playing or fighting or whatever they consider it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so talk more about safety. Okay. Because oh, yeah. humans have this, you know, my observation, mm -hmm. humans hear the word safety and immediately go to fear. Yeah. And yeah. when we're talking about horses and ponies and what safety is, how safety is generated. Mm -hmm. It's different than just going to fear. That's how I see it. Yeah. And I could talk, but I would love to hear you talk about safety as you see it and as you watch and anything about it you want to expound on. I want to hear what safety yeah. is. Um, you know, I used to believe her. I used to um, understand that um, horses wanted to be comfortable. And so we, we do the pressure and release pieces 
so that they they say oh oh comforts over here and comfort is responding in this way so that i'm comfortable and and what i discovered after i worked with wild horses for a while is it, it it's it's more about safety it's more about am i safe in any given situation comfort comes when they feel safe but not necessarily comfort is safety it's it's a comfort is a component of safety but it's not the end all and really the end all is safety uh, they can't breed if they're not safe they don't eat they can't eat if they're not safe they can't drink none of even their basic needs can be met if they don't if they don't experience safety and so yeah go ahead so humans mm -hmm. will if they have a traumatic experience from childhood mm -hmm. that somebody yelled at them and that person was a big man with a red tie mm -hmm. somewhere in the future the human might see another person with a red tie mm -hmm. and if that person you know the red tie person looks at them funny mm -hmm. they feel unsafe yeah consciously or unconsciously yes. so talk about that as a parallel with ponies and mm -hmm. the wild horses if you can yeah um my sense is that um, people, uh, humans have a little more brain capacity. And so they, we, we do, let our left brain do a lot of controlling and our left brain keeps us, keeps us safe and helps us remember things that made us not safe. Wild horses respond instinctually. Um, even if they were attacked by a mountain lion, they still instinctually know that the mountain lions aren't safe by the energy of the mountain lion. It wasn't the act of the attack that conditions them as much as it is the congruence of the mountain lion. So my sense is that if um, even if a person met, uh, had that trigger from a long time ago, if that person they were interacting with had congruent energy, it might not trigger them. It might make them go, huh, what's this? What do I remember about this? And not necessarily trigger them if the energy coming from that person with the tie that triggers the memory um, is incongruent in any way, it might not be about the other person, but if he's incongruent in any way, the person who's triggered will be like, okay, I'm not safe. They don't know why. They don't know what, what it comes from. It's just about how the other being is even presenting themselves. Beautifully said. So oh, good. Beautifully said. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Thank you. It, it just, um, and so to me, it just takes me to the place of the, this question of, okay, then how do I be really congruent in my own energy? Yeah. And what, how do I be somebody around whom others feel safety and congruence, yeah. right? Yeah. Yes. And this is a lot of where having the experiences with the ponies yes. can guide and assist and... Yeah. Ah, so that's what you offer to people, right? In yes. Experiences? Yes. Um, and even um, with, with regard to the horses, the wild horses, especially with that congruence, um, if we're triggered, it's funny because it's, um, it's layered. So if the, we're triggered and then the other person's got something going on and then we're triggered again by their other things that are going on, um, that's all in our human memory and in our human condition. Yes. Horses, though, they, unless they've really been traumatized, and I don't find that with the wild horses as much because they don't have a lot of history with people unless they've been in the pipeline for a while. 
they're literally responding to congruence to that energy of are you safe or are you not safe and and for a client to, oftentimes they have to find it in their body because they can think in their mind i'm safe why don't you think i'm safe what, what am i doing that's not safe am i chasing you am i doing anything that's not safe to you and when the horse says yes and you're not the same on the inside as you are on the outside and that's the energy i read to tell me if it's safe with the mountain lions in the pasture then i'm gonna say okay i'm gonna go stand over here until you show me or feel that safe energy which is the same on the inside as the outside and it and it's all about the individual human yes yes the individual human yes that's right mm -hmm. yeah I, I think more and more people i watch more and more people are starting to scratch their heads a little bit and say there's there's something going on here there's yeah it's not just for the the power of influence or to you know be a, a leader there's a lot of leadership you know using using horses for leadership development and all that um i think people are starting to to open up to like a little bit deeper level that yeah. leadership is a, about congruency mm -hmm. leadership is about walking in harmony with yourself having no conflict with yourself yes. and when you are the one absent of conflict you are mm. you're perceived as leader because you're not your your psyche is not occupied by all these other battles you mm -hmm. know you're right here so yeah. i think that'd be a good idea i'm going this way and others go yeah. i like how that feels it's yeah. just, to me it's the same as uh when we talk about a lead mare yes that's exactly where my brain is going right now the lead mare yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like she's like, dudes, you're doing this. I'm going this way because it's a really good idea. And yeah. everybody else is like, oh yeah, that's a good yeah. idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's and there's a difference between a lead mare and a dominant mare. And I have I have some of both in my herd and I've seen them, I've seen them around. Um, and the the dominant mare is more about you will do this, you will do it now. Are you sure you didn't hear me? I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> do I need to say it again four or five times to make sure that you hear me because I'm going to dominate you? And and I'm not sure where they learn that in the wild, but they they exist in the wild. The lead the the trusted lead mare she earns their trust because she says. I know where the best watering hole is. I know where the best grass is. I know where the safest sleeping spaces are. And she, and when danger comes, she leads them to safety. She doesn't say, everybody hurry up and come on. Right. She just goes and they tr they've earned, she's earned their trust and they go, oh, what, that, we gotta go that way because that's the safe direction. Yeah. Right. right. And it just, this word safety, I think we could have 52 conversations yes. about the word safety, Yeah, you know, just to, to dance around it. Because for one thing, I think the experience of safety is so uncommon in and among humanity. Yes. Right? It's so yes. conceptual. Yes. But when we use this word safety, it's about an experience. It's about yes. it, uh, how it feels to be in your body. Yes this sensation. And so then we use this word safety, right? Yes. Yes. And, um, oh my God, it's 8,000 things I, I want to say. <laughs> blah, 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 blah. Um, right. But this, to me, putting oneself among the ponies, whether you're ever on the same side of the fence with them or on even on the other side of the fence with them, it's the opportunity to experience yourself 
Yeah. In the presence of someone who intends you no harm. Yes. No premeditated harm. Yes. You know? And yeah. so this to me feels like a, a little segue to, um, to hear you talk about choice and voice, which is, yeah. um, those are words that a lot of people in the equine assisted industry are using. Mm-hmm. And I, like you talk about, like, you know, um, working with the wild ponies is different than working with the domesticated, very human cultivated breeds yeah. you know, that are already infused with a lot of human consciousness, much yeah. handled, yeah. you know, from day one. Yeah. And so t- please just, for, please just talk about choice and voice and what that is and how, how you how you play there. Yeah, yeah. Um, it starts with asking to be in a relationship. Um, oftentimes I'll demonstrate with my clients with other people and I, I start off by asking if I can touch. Can I touch you? Yes, it's okay. So when I say, so here's what this feels like to the horse. When we go to the, when we go to the horse and we demand their attention, I run over and I hug the person real tight and they go, and I said, that's what happens when we approach the horse without asking for any permission. You go shoving your hands in their face and they're like, whoa, wait a minute. What what do you want? What do you, and they might move away or they might um, turn and walk away because that energy is so agenda driven from the person. When I say, okay, guys, so here's how we're going to ask the horse for their permission. You get to introduce yourself and then you get to say, may I pet you? May I touch you? May I brush you? Whatever. And the horse who really just wants to know that you care about what they feel too, will say, of course you can touch me. Um, Of course you can brush me. Letting me know what your intention is and who you are and where you're coming from makes me feel much safer. And so that voice and choice gives the horse, they're a much more willing participant when they get the opportunity to say, yes, I'd like to participate too. We do. We want to have a choice in that hug that's coming at us full blast. Right. (laughs) Or that handshake that's coming in even more so now. Um, you know, somebody reaches their hand and I'm like, Hey, and give them an elbow, you know? <laughs> and, and so it's, it's my choice of, do I give them my hand or do I give them my elbow? Same with the horse. Do I give them my face or do I turn away? And, and oftentimes the horse might go, Hmm, and just turn away their head. And I say, that's the, cl- to the client. That is the horse saying, I'm not choosing it yet, but ask me again, because your intention was not clear. A lot of people go, Really? You want me to ask? You want me to introduce myself? Thinking that's the most absurd thing they've ever heard. And when they, yeah, yeah. When they, and when they hear it and when they actually do it and they see the result, they go, oh. And it starts that wheel turning of how often do I do this in my own life? And what's it feel like when I'm pushed on myself? Yeah. It's the beauty of it is putting people next to the horses, it gives them, uh, it slows things down. It does. To where you can actually be aware of your own experience while yeah. the feedback is happening. Yeah. And then once you do that, when you're not being judged, you know, when yes. you're not being judged for it, Yep. then everything, like you're just saying, everything you already know 
starts mm -hmm. to reorganize itself. Yeah. And yeah. it and again without the ju without judgment. Yes. yes. Some, here's some new information. Yeah. And the beauty of providing sensory information, intuitive information, energetic information yeah. for the mind. Yeah. It, it all gets reorganized so that you can be more heartful. So you yes. can be more genuine. So you can be more available and more congruent. Yeah. It's yeah. that's just how the system works, right? <laughs> you, you don't have to work at it. All you have to do is show up and say, okay, I'm willing. Yeah. Show me. Yeah. And I think this is the beauty, the, the profound beauty of um humans becoming more accessible to the animal kingdom in general. But yeah. horses, I mean, horses, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Like yes. maybe a little biased, might might be a little bit of a nerd, you know, but but they really are um, profoundly special animals in relationship to humanity, yeah. specifically, right? Yeah. Tell me, tell me uh, what you see about that, please. Yeah, you say yes, and it's obvious to us, but I would love to hear you like pull it out and if you can. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, when you were talking about judgment, that, that's what the horse offers is non-judgmental feedback. And, and I've, when people start to recognize that, they go, oh, this is, a, this is what not being judged feels like? Because I'm not sure we all get the opportunity to feel non-judgment in anything we say, in anything we do. We're being judged on how we present it, how, what our hair looks like when we present it, um, <laughs> right. you know, that kind of thing. Hair, by the way, it's <laughs> you're beautiful. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I mean, all the way down to, I was deciding, well, I probably should get something on besides my gritty wild horse girl look <laughs> if I'm going to be on a webcast kind of thing. And it's, it's, we are so, um, conditioned by judgment. It starts as, when we're children. And, and also um, invited not to show emotion when we're children because our parents can't handle our pain. <laughs> so then that bleeds into the rest of life is, you know, then we can't handle each other's pain and then we're always trying to fix it for each other and uh, so on and so on and so on. So when we put the horse in there with us, uh, they offer that, that non-judgmental opportunity. And, and I really feel like people have the opportunity like again, the opportunity to feel that non-judgment in, in things that they want to portray. And they feel what it feels like when the horse rejects. And I use that loosely, but when the horse walks away, that's when the person is not experiencing or transmitting congruent energy. And so many people, because of judgment, takes, take that as um, rejection. Hmm. And I'm like, the horse isn't rejecting you. The horse is just saying, you're not being honest about how you feel about this. Be honest about how you feel about it. And then let's work through the judgment of it. And, and it's really fascinating when they finally come to a place of feeling it. And then the horse says, yep, that's it. Uh, I had a, a, a session with a client a week or two ago that we did an, just an obstacle course for him. And the horse was at liberty, meaning no halter, lead rope, any way for him to direct the horse. And I said, okay, try uh, across the poles, over to the barrel, and then do something with the trough. I mean, I just kind of give him some things to do. Well, he started off with the poles, and the horse would go walk with him over the poles, once one pole, 
And then when he got to the second pole, the horse would put his head down and start chewing on the pole. Well, he spent a lot of time blaming the pole, blaming the distraction, blaming all these other things. And he, but he kept trying again and trying again and trying again. And I said, where, how can you help that horse feel so safe that he wants to go with you? Because that's what they want. They want to be where the safety is. And if you're not safe, he's going to chew on that pole. It's, it's a distraction because you're in a small space and he wants to be not connected to not safety. Does that make sense? Almost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he wanted to be connected. The horse wanted to be connected to safety and the client was not just when he got to that second pole, the horse was more interested in the pole than the client because he lost track of that safety feeling about the time I was going to say to him, maybe move the pole, mm -hmm. just try something different. Cause he kept doing the same thing, expecting different results. Hmm. Yeah. Something shifted in him and he stopped blaming the pole, whatever it was in his mind, body, spirit. And he walked over to the trough and the horse went, Oh, there you went. And he followed him over to the trough. Then he, the human stepped into the trough and got way down. Like he was hiding and the horse was like, Doing? <laughs> yeah. But he didn't run away. He was looking for him because he's like, you presented safety. That's where I want to be. I'll even look in that scary trough right. for you right? because you came up with that feeling, that sensation. Right. Yeah. I love that. So what that says to me is the guy decided to stop being in conflict with himself yeah. by choosing something else. Mm -hmm. He stopped fighting where mm -hmm. he was yeah and he went somewhere else yeah. and that absence of conflict yeah translates to safety yeah there yeah now, um well george's words are absolute candor right being absolutely honest with yourself mm -hmm. and the horse that's a that's an experience that's a yes. feeling yes it translates to safety yes and yes. I just love, you know, Ed, the more you talk about safety, you keep using the word feel, feel, yeah. feel, feel. Yep. And like you were saying, you know, in kindergarten, in little kidhood, we yes. are bullied out of feeling yes, anything yep. except what we're told to makes others comfortable. And yep. it, again, it is so ingrained in yep. culture, yeah. so many cultures. Um, but I think that to me, I just love playing in kindergarten. Like let's, let's give your psyche yeah. the education it didn't get in kindergarten yeah. Yeah. about feeling without dominating yourself. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I use a, a parallel from the horse to the human. Um, uh, our brain is, you know, it's this big. A horse's functional brain is about that big. Their heart, five to six times larger than ours. And then I point out the gut. Look at the difference in the size of the gut. I said, this is, I think, I feel, and the gut is, I know. So look at how much humans use their thinking brain. Horses use their knowing brain. They trust their gut and they trust their ability to utilize their gut for their safety. And so how can we shift from so much up here 
to this feeling brain and this knowing brain to be able to incorporate all those parts. And we've just been taught to not do any of this. Or Everything is, think, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's mostly on the left side too. We hardly listen to that, that silent right brain and all the creativity and the beauty of what the right brain has to offer. Because the left brain says, I have to interpret it anyway. So just listen to me. Just listen to me, the left brain. Yeah. But, yeah. And it, that's the side that learns the concept of dominating, mm -hmm. you know, that learns how that works. Cause we yeah. watch, uh, we watch it come at us. Yeah. We're like, all right, if that's how we're supposed to do it, I can learn that. Mm -hmm. right? yeah. But like you said, it takes so much energy to function that way mm -hmm. and to try to, to move out of that and into the heart or into the body, into the gut. Yeah, or just becoming this singular vortex of congruency, right? Yeah, it it's often interpreted as unsafe yeah. to not have control. So when when mm -hmm. we invite people to be among horses and explore themselves differently, they often feel scared or yeah. unsafe going to a feeling place, right? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, and and then when when they're asked about that um potential feeling mm -hmm. they put it on the horse well the horse is doing this or the horse is doing that i'm like oh i'm talking about the horse i'm talking about you <laughs> where do you feel it what is what is happening for you when the horse is responding that way and and get them to talk honestly about themselves it's very hard for people well how how bullied were we that that's selfish and inappropriate yeah. you know yeah. And it gets so interpreted that I don't matter. I should be able to perform. I should be able to succeed. Oh, there's that word. Perform. It's a different S word. No, should. Oh, yeah. Says who? <laughs> exactly. Who says you should? Do I say I should? Do, does, is, it, is it all the other voices, all those other judgmental voices that use that word should? Yeah. Yeah. But and it, it is only yeah. judgment. It is only judgment that uses that word. Like right, wrong, good, bad, should, shouldn't. Yes. So like, here's the cool thing though. Yes. Just like the ponies, we don't have to make those bad or wrong. Yeah. We don't yeah. have to avoid them. In fact, the more willing I am to see the judgments going on, mm -hmm. the easier and more gentle it is to be congruent with myself. Cause like, so say somebody shows up to the ponies and the, the ponies say, oh, no, no, here's how it feels to be around you right now. Yeah. You know? and, yeah. and the person can say, well, I, I, I should be better. I should want the horse to be next to me. And the horse goes further away, right? But if instead yeah. the person says, I'm feeling like I'm being really hard on myself right now. Mm -hmm. And that, you know what? I'm just going to acknowledge that. Boom, the horses come closer again. Yeah. Because you're no longer in conflict with what's true. Yeah. They don't need you to be different than you are. They're yeah. just asking you to acknowledge what's actually true. Because that's yes. safe, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, uh, one of my favorite things uh, from riding through my life and, and um, on, on horseback and, and with trainers, and uh, I'm not a particularly competitive person, but I did do some competitive riding for a while years ago. And you, you go work with the trainer and the trainers and the horse box big and you stay on, but your eyes are like this. <laughs> right. And the trainer says, don't let that horse know you're scared. 
And I'm like, oh my gosh, I cannot believe how many times I didn't get bucked off by doing that. Because inside I'm going, I'm really scared. And all I'm going, okay, I'm not scared. And, and I share that, that example or that, that story at this point, because it's one I share with my clients. They, the horse doesn't interpret necessarily your exact emotions. They interpret what you, if you're congruent about your emotion. So if you're frightened or if they make you a little scared because they're big or because they might, might ask you to be something else, be honest with them about it. Just say, you know what, you're big and I'm scared or I'm not sure I want to hear about this about myself and I'm a little nervous here or whatever it is. That horse is going to come right to you because you're honest and congruent candor. You're, you're in a place of, of what they understand and that is complete authenticity, regardless of what it is, regardless of the topic. Yeah. Because they're not judging. They're not saying you should be different than that. Exactly. Exactly. That doesn't exist in the natural world. That right. thing, things should be different than they are. And yeah. here, here's the paradox of that. The fact that, that humans have this consciousness to decide things should be different than they are. That's our free will, right? Yeah. And it's the thing that separates us from our heart, but it's also the thing that gives us the freedom to create something that's never existed before. Yeah. And the yeah. difference is simply how you judge it. Because that's it. Isn't it funny? Yeah. yeah, it is. It is. It all goes together, doesn't it? Everything's a paradox. Right. Everything's a metaphor, right? And, and it's all connected. It's yeah. just, well, and this is why I love doing the, this work and sharing with people is to share this perspective, to yeah. take, take the edges off and say, let's yeah. just explore this. You know, it, it's just how the things work. And yeah. the more you're willing to just go, oops, look at me judging, you know? Right. Oh, yeah. I do it all the time. Oh, I'm kind of being judgmental here. Let's see. Let me check myself before I wreck it. Right. Yeah. It's like, I'm being really judgmental. Maybe I won't speak out loud right this moment. Right. <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm so judging these people. Oh, I'm going to stop this. Yeah. Yeah. Eh? Yeah. Like, okay, human. Good job, human. Right? Yeah, well, it's an awareness. It's, I believe if we were so much more aware, we could see the bigger picture than right here like this. And awareness is, it's huge. It, it, connects, it connects us to non-judgment or judgment, uh, really to non-judgment. It, it, it expands the vision so that we have the ability to go, oh, silly me. Yeah. To me, the, the awareness is the point to me. And it, yeah. awareness for its own sake, right? Mm -hmm. it, not awareness mm -hmm. to accomplish something or achieve something or whatever. It's awareness for its own sake yeah. is freedom. Yeah. It, it is what generates safety yeah. because, you know, if, if your priority is awareness of how your instrument is communicating, like forces. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's where you find the experience of safety. Yeah. That's where you find if there is an actual threat. Yes. You, you can move yes. appropriately. And if yeah. you're reacting to a perceived threat from mm -hmm. various dimensions of memory. Yeah, trigger. Yeah. From awareness. Yeah, from awareness. Yeah. yeah. You can recognize that. Yeah. And the moment you do, it dissolves and you don't have it anymore, right? Yeah. There's a simplicity and, um, and it, it's just like, 
my favorite thing ever awareness for its own sake and just for me the ponies were the ones that kept reminding me how it felt to be that space as myself even as a little kid right and so like that's my whole life has been how do i share this with people (laughs) (laughs) and like look at what's blossomed in this entire world of equine Mm -hmm. assisted blah 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 yeah Okay, there's uh, something specific I want to ask you about with res- with respect to steadfast steeds, and um, two things. That's four. Two things. <laughs> I'm all excited. Two things. <laughs> One is um, your experience of uh, offering this kind of guidance to people with wild horses and domestic breeds. Mm-hmm. Can you talk a little about about the experience? What's different? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, Stepfasty started in a in a um, an effort to bring awareness to awareness to the wild horses in the holding facilities. And so, for me, getting people in front of their wild horses, whether they're a horse person or not, was really important. And so, um, th- that's where the equine experiential learning came into the whole scene was how do we connect non-horse people with their horse that their taxpayer dollars are paying for and so um it it started it really as it started to develop it really turned into something really cool um my experience with the wild horse so a lot of our my, my initial training was with domestic horses there was one mustang in the in the group and i always gravitated to him because i felt him more then I felt the other horses. And what I've discovered over time, well, over time, it just keeps proving itself over and over, is, is the, their awareness is bigger, more sensitive, more connected to their entire environment, meaning everything around them. Whereas a domestic horse has had their safety provided they don't have to you know their safe their survival isn't rooted in awareness of when the mountain lions in the pasture or when the predator whatever predator is around their um i don't want to say their senses are dulled their awareness is dulled Mm -hmm. because they don't they just don't have the same um adaptation Mm -hmm. in their dna to protect themselves and recognize safety and not safety very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, if you have the experience, right? It, even like, can you take a quarter horse and turn them loose in the wild and they'll be okay because they're horses, right? I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Because they're horses, maybe some, some might survive. I mean, our, some of our wild horses originated from release domestic horses Uh, we have one on our herd that's very drafty and i'm sure that he has um, is is a descendant of draft horses that were released after the people got to the end of the oregon trail he's from oregon he looks like a mini draft horse um so at some point they were released to the wild and to fend for themselves and then this i'm gonna say um the survival of the fittest, which adapt, horses are very adaptive. Generations though, it takes time. If you take a wild horse and put him in a domestic situation, you can kill him. 
because the domestic situation is so different than the wild situation. And I, I believe it goes the other direction as well. If you've got a really savvy domestic horse, he might be okay out there. Uh, but most likely the stallions will go, oh, not you. <laughs> you you're not from around here. <laughs> well, yeah. And, you know, if they're competing for with, and I use the word competing, if they are looking to win mares, they're going to um, go after those other horses to send them away. And if those other horses don't have the sparring ability or the the ability to to protect themselves and find their own safety in the wild, which they have no idea what that is, um, they won't do well. No. Well, and I think they're so infused because, like you said, their safety has been provided for, their food's provided, mm -hmm. and if they don't learn ever learn safety in communication and relationship with right. the herd, mm -hmm. safety shows up in the form of walls of the barn, yeah. and yeah. and it's a profoundly different environment than yes. out in the wild where yes. you knowing yourself yeah. is the foundation of your safety. So yes. you can show up and be among others and they, they feel they can count on you. Right. Yeah. Yes. I think that the social, I mean, a lot of people don't realize how profound the social structure is among horses mm -hmm. and how, how their, their own intelligence is. It's, it's, it just blows my mind how beautiful and elegant and graceful horse, yeah. horse society yeah. is. Yes. And, um, I I just know there's so much that like the more we can share this vision of how horses function with one another, how their society mm -hmm. is built on harmony for all, mm -hmm. you know, my words, maybe mm -hmm. yours are different, but um, that really everybody has the same priority of harmony among us so that we all win. And it mm -hmm. doesn't mean there's no scuffles, but the mm -hmm. scuffles always reharmonize everything. Yes. Yeah. And, um, there's so much wisdom to offer humanity from that social system, but it, it's based on humans' willingness and willingness to feel one another and feel yep. themselves mm -hmm. rather than operate up here, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's, um, I think that's where we're headed. And, yeah. you know, how, how clearly and how many ways can we share that with yeah with people yeah um, there's another aspect of steadfasties that i read on your your nonprofit mm -hmm. um, bio page mm -hmm. that i just loved and i'll paraphrase um but it was about um keeping bringing keeping bringing and keeping attention on the wild horse as a like an icon of the of america or it's that wasn't the word icon wasn't the word but living uh, national treasure there yes please please expound because <laughs> more of that ready go <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well in the in the the law that was put into place in 1971 it describes the wild horse as living national treasure and we wish to uphold that um, and showcase the Mustangs as a treasure of this country. It's very parallel to the immigration of people and the melting pot that's here. Those horses represent that melting pot um, because that's what they are too. And they're hardy and they survive and they live the wild life, the life of creation and awareness and, and congruence which can be a parallel for us. 
we utilize that a lot um, when we teach people about family, about human families. And it's, it's a great parallel to utilize with that, with, with the, the hardiness of how we are and the survival ability in our social system when it's functioning properly, how we take care of each other like the wild horse takes care of you. They take everybody, th everybody is to thrive. And we're only, we're only as slow or as weak as the, the slowest, weakest horse. And so everybody is to be cared for in the group. And so as a national treasure, they, they give us that example of our, our, our heritage and, and who we are as Americans. Yes, I love it. It touches my heart so much. And there's also this word freedom mm -hmm. in there. You know, wild horses live in freedom. And when, um, it, again, it's a reflection of what humanity is doing to itself when they mm -hmm. attack things that are truly free, yeah. you know? And so in this, this whole conversation about rounding up the wild horses, and I don't, you know, I, I don't obviously follow the whole, the entire management of wild horses conversation, as I'm sure you do. Um, but what gets floated out into cyberspace will be these articles of you know, wild horses are under attack and that they've now been declared the, the worst danger yeah. to systems that ever existed. And like how, like, come on people. And how, <laughs> who, that's very creative. We'll put it that way. But yeah. <laughs> how is that justifiable? Even, you know, it, you've got to really um, dominate your own heart and your own thinking to come up with that position in order to try to prove it in a court that like where it's just, um, it's mind blowing. And I think yes. part, as I'm saying this, part of what I want to say is when we're seeing all these news and these articles, whatever the topic is, mm -hmm. when you look at something and it's, and it strikes you as so incongruent, mm -hmm. that's something to pay attention to because that's your own system in relationship to this information. Yeah. And, and really very parallel to it if you're in relationship to a horse, you know, mm -hmm. and they will say, oh, here's how that feels. Your own body is saying, oh, here's how that feels. Yeah. And, and guiding people to navigate and find, have their mind, yeah. their intellect, find that information to be relevant to mm -hmm. life. Yeah, is the the main conversation of bringing people to horses is yeah. re reorganizing what our mind will allow as yeah. an important information yeah. and how to, how to interact with one another in harmony. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, yeah. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but, but <laughs> to, um, the wild horse conversation, conserving, preserving. And I guess there are times when they do, they do require management out on in the wild. And I want to hear you talk about that, but, um, they are such a representation of freedom, of liberty, of power, of beauty, of life. And mm -hmm. in sports, in art, in myth, in lore, you yes. know, everywhere. They're yes. so integrated with hum human yeah. culture. Yeah. And um, it's, I think it's just so poignant, you know, that, that this, their conversation about the wild horses is, is being brought 
to the forefront mm -hmm. more and more and more at this time when mm -hmm. everything is kooky and crazy. Yeah. How about we do something nice for the wild horses, you know? Mm -hmm. But can you talk about managing? Um, what, when is management required for the wild horses and when is it just greed trying to round them up to sell them for meat or whatever? Because that's the yeah. truth of it. You know, there's, there's those sides of it. The, the first thing about management, the, the need to manage is based in human encroachment. Right? Yes, really, truly. And when people ask me, when people come here and ask, when we have conversations about the wild horses, they say to me, what's the biggest problem? And that's what I say is human encroachment. But we can talk about human encroachment as in uh, energy, as in ranching, as in recreation, as in building homes closer and closer and closer to where they live and and it has a whole lot to do with there's just more and more people on the planet mm -hmm. and there's less and less room for our our wild beings um and so then the management piece comes into is there enough to sustain them in the wild ranges um and and the the bureau of land management has been is mandated in the law to manage the wild horses. Um, they choose how to manage the wild horses. And so oftentimes uh, we don't agree with their choice of management of the wild horses. I believe there's other things that can be done. And I believe that they avoid, they, they want to do it the way they want to do it. And sometimes it boils down to um, because there's a federal law that protects the wild horses in 10 Western states. Now it's only on public land. It doesn't include some horses that are on state land in those same states like Nevada. Um, it doesn't include horses like the Chincoteague ponies or the horses of the Corolla. Those are wild horses as well, but they're not on federal land. So the federal land that is in question where the wild horses are that are protected by law is in these 10 Western states. Well, in the 10 Western states, there's millions of acres of land and the horses only um, run on a, less than 10% of it by their own choice. Yes. Yes. Some of it by their own choice. Um, some, some of the ranges are fenced, but there are thousands and thousands of acres. So one of the ranges in Colorado that I help support is 190,000 acres and there's fence. Um, but they, they hardly feel it because there's so much space where there's few horses. Um, and a lot of times that that land is rocks and dead trees and vertical it's right. acres of vertical and there's no water so they've found a way to adapt to living in those places where there's very little water very little eats and they still survive they're 900 pound vegetarians yeah. and they have to walk for the next meal and they walk for water sometimes 10 miles between one bite and another bite. They're incredibly efficient. We could learn so much from the way that they survive out there on nothing. And then the Department of the Interior says they're the greatest existential threat to our public lands of anything. And I'm like, really? On 10% or less acreage? Mm -hmm. I, can I dive in right there really quick? Yes, please do, please do, yeah. The greatest existential threat if people continue to protect the wild horses, it limits um, certain greed-driven 
bureaucratic channels from selling off public lands as if they own it. Mm. And perhaps that is what's considered a threat, not that the animals actually damage the land in any way, but humans protecting, you know, wildlife may limit the economic, the perceived economic potential of things. That that was just what what dropped in to articulate. But go ahead. You're making all sorts of faces. Yeah. Please go ahead. I know. I know. Well, um, it, it my experience has been that it really boils down to competition for grass and other animals. Um, so there are some ranges that are ranges and there are no cattle or other livestock allowed. One, this range real close to us here in Grand Junction, there's no cattle allowed. Mm. It's a small range. Um, and the horses are, um, they use birth control to keep the, the gathered times at a, short, a longer period of time between gathers. Um, and the horses are thriving there and they still have to stay within an appropriate management level. Hmm. It's a very good example though of saying, okay, if we don't have to compete with other livestock, we're not talking about, uh, wildlife, but livestock, it, it can work. Uh, funny thing is cows don't eat anything but grass. Hmm. Horses eat grass first, but then they go eat sage. If they, if there's no grass to eat, then, then they go eat sage. And the speculation is that they're the ones tearing down the ranges. Hmm. That that the um, the damage to the range is because the horses overgraze. Because there's no grass. And 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 there's cows and horses on some ranges grazing. Hmm. And so then when the when the grass is gone, there's nothing for the cows. But the horses are like, whatever. Right. We'll, we'll go eat over here in the sagebrush because they'll eat the sage. So. Um, a lot of times the argument, if you will, is that the horses are tearing down the range and they're, they're, um, they're in danger of becoming too thin, uh, starved to death, which I don't see. I don't see it when I'm on the ranges here, maybe in ranges in other states, but the, the ranges I've frequented here in Colorado, the skinny horses might be just mares that have just given birth or an older mare that has kind of lived a long productive life. And what, what happens to us when we get old, some of us get skinny, mm -hmm. <laughs> it happens that way. Um, and ranching interests have lobbyists with lots of money in Washington. And so the ranching interests and oil and gas too, uh, recreation too, they all have lobbyists that can spend money and, and put it towards whatever they do as lobbyists. And the wild horse has us act advocates who don't have a lot of money, who have very few lobbyists. And all we can do is sue the federal government for not protecting the horses like the law says. Mm -hmm. And so it becomes a really weird way of, of really, we're protecting these animals. This, like it says in the law. And they say, yes, they're starving out there. And I'm going, I don't see it. Mm -hmm. I don't see it. So, so that's where I, you know, where, where we invite, other Americans in who $80 million of tax dollars going into putting these horses in holding facilities and keeping their, them there for their lives, which to the horse, in my opinion, is hell. Mm -hmm. Really, they're separated from their families. They live on dirt lots. They don't get to wander for their food. Think Native Americans. Right. 
They don't get to be nomadic anymore. They don't get to learn from their family system. The stallions, their job is procreation and protection. They castrate and they put them in a pen with a bunch of other castrated stallions. Both of their jobs gone. That's not protection to me. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's just not. I don't know. I, I guess maybe, I, you know, some of it's interpretation of the law, but the other people who support the wild horses kind of feel the same way. It's like, well, they're not being protected. You guys are not following the law. So there mm -hmm. has to be the lawsuits are the only way that, that we really have a lot of recourse. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really fascinating. You know, the interpretation of protection mm -hmm. can be colored by different priorities. Yes. And yes. to be able to look at that and have discussions about that, I think would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah. Um, and to, to come to a place and to be a presence of one who can facilitate that kind of conversation, I think, um, mm -hmm. I think it would be a tremendously valuable position to be in and yeah. spending time with horses I, would really facilitate that presence. Yeah. And, yeah. Well, we, we work in Colorado. Um, all four of our herd areas have, um, volunteer groups and our volunteer groups work very hard to work in concert with the BLM not to make waves, not to piss anybody off, but to work in concert with so that when the time comes that the horses have to be gathered or something has to change, I have more influence with my BLM guys because I'm working in concert with them, not in, not in you're going to stop this with them. And, and they do listen. They mm -hmm. do listen. I talked to the, the uh, regional guy who lives here in Grand Junction, I talk to him probably once a month and I'm like, what's next? What's happening? Adoptions get canceled because of COVID-19. And so now we're trying to uh, compress everything, which isn't always the best thing for the horses. Um, and we still try to work in partnership, not in conflict. Because in my mind, negative energy plus negative energy does not no. equal positive energy. And so if I'm fighting with them and they're fighting with me, there's all that negative energy and the horses are the victims. Yeah. So how do we stay in, in a positive relationship? We don't have to think the same way. That BLM guy, he has a job to do. Mm -hmm. He has a and different if, priority, right? Yes, exactly. Exactly. And if I can influence his priorities, that's what I want to do. Right. That's what I want to do. If I can say, you know, can we slow this gather down to the pace of horse? Not to the pace of helicopter. And so he'll start off and go, okay, we're going to set up a bait trap first. And we'll work with the bait trap until we get X amount of horses or until X amount of time has passed. And I'm like, thank you. Because another place might, where they've got a lot of, you know, strife, they might say, nope, we're not doing that. We're just going to gather as many as we can and use the helicopter and too bad to you guys. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's almost the, the feeding, feeding, um, catching flies with honey. Sure. Fly swatter. <laughs> uh, yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, I just, I love the whole conversation. I love the, the side-by-side -side approach, the non-combat, the, you know, compassion and acknowledgement yeah. that these are humans who yes. have a job and yes. people are at different levels of consciousness and awareness mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and willingness to feel within yeah. what they're doing, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, how many people will say, whatever industry they're in, they're like, I don't want to 
feel my emotions, I wouldn't be able to do my job. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Which is yeah. a head scratcher. Like, wow, we really canceled out humanity on this one. Yeah. And so, you know, walking into these conversations centered, heart open, with some skills to not give yourself away to the emotions, you know, yeah. either positive or negative. Yeah. Toss those out the window and yeah. just stay, stay in your heart, stay in your body. Mm-hmm. Be aware of this brain, you know, the heart neurology and the gut neurology <laughs> yeah. all talking to each other. Yeah. And, and that to me is leadership. Yeah. That goes back to that congruency and yeah. um, what, it, what being among horses with awareness and, and mm-hmm. often facilitation can, mm-hmm. can guide people to like almost, almost invariably, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I would love to ask you before we wrap up our, our little episode here, is there anything else that you would love to say or share or ask or, or just put out there before we wrap up? Hmm. I don't know. I, 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 as I go along in life and the more I know the wild horses, which I believe the creator put in my heart before he put me on the planet, um they keep pulling me to their way of being and inviting me to own it and step into it so that it can be shared with other humans and and then drawing the other humans to it it's it's work and worth it work and so how can we continue in the way of the wild horse and I don't have any disrespect of domestic horses. I just know that my connection is more to the wild horse and to what they have to offer to us as, as uh, functional co-creators of, of what's happening on the planet and in the universe. And it's really important that, that we lean into what they have to offer. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm right there with you. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's a journey. Well, thank goodness. Cause if we weren't yeah. on the journey, we'd be bored and we'd start <laughs> something else up. Right. That's right. That's always my word. I'd be bored. <laughs> I'd Terribly be bored. bored. Like right. <laughs> I'm, I love how you said that it, it was, it was putting your heart before you arrived. Like that is so, yeah. so clear for me as well. Like, arriving here in this body on this planet it was like find the horses and yeah. once i found them it was like okay now relax just go with these guys right yes, yes. <laughs> and, yes. and i didn't relax but that's okay because yeah. i learned a lot right <laughs> yeah well and sometimes that, that process is what our 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 human being needs for however it was we came into this planet onto this planet we all came on in a different way in a different setting and different i mean my parents were like horses we live in the city what are you gonna do with a horse and i'm like i'm going to love him and kiss him and call him george (laughs) (laughs) you know it is it is it's a it's it's and then so how do you find your way in that when the, the roadblock is instant Yes. And yeah. Unavoidable. 
yeah. totally unavoidable roadblocks. But then, yeah. you know, and then, it wasn't my voice and choice to come into that family when I had that in my heart already. It was part of the lesson of the journey to be able to put it together. Yeah. 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 I was talking to somebody earlier today and or yesterday and looking at the journey I've been on and all, all of the colorfulness of my journey, I, I have zero resentment and I'm so grateful for all the steps that it took. Cause what I do yeah. know in my heart, my commitment in this life was to, to be awake, to live yeah. for the sake of awareness, knowing this is who I am. Yeah. Like, the light is the point and awareness yeah. of it is the point. Yeah. And, the, and the, you know, being in a body is the only place you can get croissants and cookies, right? Yes. You know? <laughs> right. When you're just this, this essence floating in the world, you're not really enjoying <laughs> croissants, right? <laughs> but, um, but to, to be so grateful because that's what it took, you know, mm -hmm. that's what it took. For, to keep me from not going to sleep again, to yeah. keep me from not falling into the suggestion of, of domination and manipulation. And look at how powerful you could be if you would just fudge this a little or whatever. Yeah. To be as pure as the heart of the horse. Yeah. And they keep showing up to, to say, yeah, 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 we got you. We got, mm -hmm. let's keep going. Yeah. Not to put humans on a pedestal and not to put horses on a pedestal. Like, let's just crash all the pedestals and walk side by side because that's, yes. that is, yes. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. You're awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You are too. I so enjoy you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah. there's so much more playing to do. So yes, yes, yes. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much for sharing this chat with us and um, yeah. we truly look forward to a lot more playtime together. Good. Yeah, me too. Me too. Thank you. Awesomeness. So awesome. Yeah. The smallest step on the hardest 
story starts today